Um, I had some. Uh, I had a bit of feedback from a uh, um, an erstwhile listener. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Uh, an unfaithful listener. Somebody um, who's fallen off the wagon of uh, midlife. Uh, no, no, it's just uh, said that they have a pretty um, laissez-faire attitude towards listening or not listening. Gotcha. Busy life, can't always pay attention. Yeah, but um, this person was uh, saying, was recommending uh, midlifing to a friend of theirs. Then just oh. asked me, how do you enter midlifing? Of course, the obvious joke is, well, you just wait until you get old enough. But um, mm. uh, it did make me go, how do you tell people, yeah, start with this one? Because there's a lot of stuff in this podcast which is about getting to know us. Mm. And then if you were to listen to, our, listen to one episode and go, what the hell are these people talking about and why on earth would I keep listening to them? So so much of it is about our personalities, the kind of who, who we are as opposed to what we're saying. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Very much agree with that. And so I'm curious about maybe some uh, some listeners have an episode where they go, yeah, this would be a good one to start. One that's not dependent on knowing us, on knowing the um, the kind of different threads that have run through, but, uh, but sort of stands alone. Mm. I think we should set that as a challenge to our listenership, to our ULs and our FLs that's and our VFLs. That's our uh, unfaithful and our faithful listeners, just in case and you don't know those And our very faithful listeners. Acronyms. Yeah, yeah. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. Um, I'm just uh, looking at possible... Um, Are you going uh, through your spreadsheet? I am. That, not, the other spreadsheet, not the... Uh, not your mum's spreadsheet. No. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is one about friendship. And, you know, I'm going to... This is not... This is going to be... So one of the things that Lee, dear listeners, that Lee has talked about, um, and that we've talked about in different ways, is... Um, mm, I'm going to ask the question, and then if we need to do any back announcing, um, we can do that. And I wonder, it's a question which is about... In in friendship, how is it that we come? How is it that human beings, that is, come to trust one another? And I guess I I guess I wrote it down because of this thing, which is, and I think I I think I share it, but perhaps not as quite in such a sophisticated way, which is your your ability to walk away, which I know is something that I intrigues me. I think I work from the perspective that everybody deserves trust until they don't. So I'm not sure that I come to trust people. I think I trust people and I come to be disappointed. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I, I maybe do it the wrong way around and maybe that's why I walk away from things. <laughs> wow. Because I get to a point where I go like, nah, I'm done now. You've had enough chances. Hmm. I don't know, though. I don't know, because I've not really... Uh, I think... Okay, so th- I think that's probably my... Um, that's my podcasting answer. I think, if I'm honest, my 
<laughs> I'm talking to Simon answer. <laughs> I'd probably say, you know, there are just some people that smell right and some people that don't. Oh, right. So it's really, it's about instincts. Yeah, I reckon so. I, I think probably there are people that I go, yeah, yeah, I feel safe here. Um, and then I'll say stuff. And, you know, if it doesn't all blow up in my face, I've not made a fool of myself and it all worked out fine and I was right. And if it does, which doesn't happen very often, in all honesty, uh, then I've made a mistake and I've learned something from that. So I think probably uh, that that sense of, of it's I guess it's a bit a, it's a bit like knowing knowing who your people are. How do you know that? You get to a certain point in your life where you realise it's not about shared interests. It's not about um, shared backgrounds. It's about a vibe. Oh, I hate mm. myself for saying that. But what the word vibe or just the idea? Yeah, well, the the idea and also you know the, the way I said it. But it's like, do I vibe with that person? Because it just sounds like such a, a creepy dick thing to say. Mm. But I also think that that's the truth of it for me. There are some people that just, yeah, make me go, okay, this feels okay, this feels okay, and I'm I'll I'll run with it. And then there are other people that I just go, no, I can't do this. I'm really wow. sorry. Is that bad? I mean, I don't, I don't know the answer. No, I I'm not. Um, I'm trying to trace the thinking or the line of my what, 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 what that came to the question, and it was because a long time ago, um, I was reading a book by David White, a poet, uh, a book called Consolations. It's a series of, it's basically a series of, um, you might call it like a glossary of terms, actually, like small, very short little chapters. And one was friendship. And uh, I wonder if it's, it's just a little bit, shall I just read out a little bit? Is that okay to do that? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Friendship is a mirror to presence and a testament to forgiveness. Friendship not only helps us see ourselves through another's eyes, but can be sustained over the years only with someone who has repeatedly forgiven us for our trespasses, as we must find it in ourselves to forgive them in turn. A friend knows our difficulties and shadows and remains in sight, a companion to our vulnerabilities more than our triumphs, when we are under the strange illusion we do not need them. An undercurrent of real friendship is a blessing exactly because its elemental form is rediscovered again and again through understanding and mercy. All friendships of any length are based on a continued mutual forgiveness. Without tolerance and mercy, all friendships die. You can kind of see why poets are needed, can't you? It's pretty beautiful, isn't it? It's very beautiful. And I wonder if it's... Sometimes I think I'm very shallow and I think I lack the emotional depth and resonance that other people have when I hear something like that. Oh, and oh then, you're a lovely man. Then there are other moments where I hear that and think to myself, perhaps it's just that... There is a, and I'm, I'm, this is going to sound more critical of the piece that you've just read, which is beautiful than it's intended to be, and I will try to unpack it. Sometimes I encounter articulations of friendships or love or life or experiences, and I, I, I hear them and I think that lacks authenticity. 
<laughs> there is something which is too artfully packaged for me. Like it's contrived. I think I'll stick with it lacks authenticity because contrived feels like it is deliberate in a way that when something lacks authenticity, I think sometimes we can say things and use pat turns of phrases. And to be very clear, David White hasn't done any of those things. It's beautiful writing. But I think I'm, I'm now talking about in, in, in daily discourse, you know, s somebody can send you a text message that you know is coming from a place of um, genuine connection and thoughtfulness. But when you read it, it sort of, it has, it, it feels a bit ersatzed. It feels a bit like what, they're, they're borrowing the from a, the ersatzed. E-R-S-A-T-Z. -E uh, yeah, like sort of fake and, and false. I've and, seen that word, but I've never known. Oh, thank you, Lee, again for it, um, word of the day. <laughs> it almost feels, okay. So, you know, there was that moment in, in time where everybody had uh, magnetic poetry on their fridge. It was just a collection of words that they rearranged and they made poems. But ultimately, the poems were all, always just about, you know, they, they were just rude doggerel if they stayed up for long enough. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. It almost well, was feels... Was that the late 90s? Would, it, would that think, be early, 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 early 90s? I think it might have been late 90s, early noughties. I think it was, yeah. Mm. So for, for our, <laughs> our, our, our zillennial <laughs> listeners, you might have to go and uh, duck, duck, go that in order to find out what was I like there. that you think of our millennial listeners as being in the plural. But anyway. <laughs> um, well, so it feels sometimes like you, you get a message... Or and it's usually in written form rather than in spoken form because people don't craft their language that they speak with yes, the same attention yeah. as it's is so evident. Much messier, if anybody, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, is anyone still anybody listening? listening to us? Um, so after it, editing as well. I know. Can you imagine how shit this sounds without somebody going through it? Going, oh my god! Oh no, you have to cut that bit out. Simon's throwing his slippers <laughs> off his feet. <laughs> oh, you've got to cut that bit out. At least have three glasses away. Um, it, it feels sometimes like people have gone into the bag of of words from the magnetic poetry and arranged them <laughs> and sent it to you. I just think I've just made a work an artwork that's exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to send it to you just in case. You can be my fridge magnet monitor. <laughs> my fridge magnet magnate. <laughs> I look forward to offering my, my clear-headed thoughts about your work. Um. I don't want your clear-headed thoughts. I'd, I'd ask for someone else. I'd send it to someone else. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Foggy-headed. Foggy-headed is all you're getting. Yeah. I, so I think sometimes... I, I I will get, uh, there's a bit of me that goes, oh my God, I lack emotional resonance and depth. And sometimes I think, oh, maybe it's just that my words don't come from the grab bag of magnetic poetry from the fridge. <laughs> um, but I, it, it just depends, I think it depends who's, who's, you know, written it. Um, yeah. So all how do you, oh, wait, 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 how do you mean, go on. what do you mean it depends who's written it? It depends who I'm getting the message from, because sometimes I can be David Whited by somebody. Oh, I see. I love the and, verb. <laughs> that I can, I, can be, I can be caught by the 
um, by the turn of phrase that doesn't feel like it's been recycled. Yeah, yeah. That it feels like that the the sentiment has been freshly hewn for me. We're talking. We're sort of talking about taste here, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. Because one of our episodes, not a, not so long ago, we um, we talked a little bit about Sting. Um, <laughs> I believe I referred to his mouth as a prolapsing bumhole. That's episode eighty-one, and um, the uh, it occurred to me that the the band I listened to uh, most in the nineteen eighties was U two, and um, I don't like to admit that too often, but I still listen to them quite a bit. I realized as I was thinking about um, that band from the 1980s was what I liked about them was the earnestness that I that it seemed like it was serious pop music in a way that Duran Duran wasn't or that Wham wasn't it was Mm. it took itself seriously and I thought that was an important thing to do and so it's it's in in a way because if I at my very you know I really uh, David White's Consolations. I strongly recommend it. Maybe not to you, Lee, but to other people listening. Um, but there's something in its earnestness and the seriousness of it, which I think appeals to my taste. Yeah, and I think that I am absolutely talking about taste here. But that goes back, doesn't it, to the idea of vibing with someone? We're talking about taste. We're talking about taste formation. Does that person sit well on your emotional palate? But it is funny because one of the things that maybe listeners don't know is that um, each week after Lee has done his extraordinary editing job, he sends me the file and I listen to it and um, create a description and some notes and also create a list of possible show titles. Uh, a list of show titles, and then I send that list of show titles to Lee, and it's Lee's decision to choose what the show title should be. And I don't think maybe once I said, "Oh, maybe we could go with this one," but more or less, I don't say, oh, "Are you sure?" But it's very interesting because I think maybe in the ninety-plus episodes we've had, I think probably one that I've thought uh, this is the one I would choose, and that Lee's chosen the same one. And what it occurs to me that what you go for, uh, they are there's a kind of lightness and uh, I'm going to say glibness, but it's not quite right. Um, but they don't often have to do with what's going on in the episode. They are almost unrelated, and there's so, there's something about your taste in those things which I realise is so not my taste and would not be. Uh, almost every time would not be what I would name <laughs> name the episode. <laughs> and it's it, it's interesting because um, I think listeners know that we work together on another project. We work together on an academic project called do Choreographic we? Practice. Oh, yeah, we yeah. do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit. Also, why have you organized a meeting for your birthday, you absolute freak? <laughs> because cause it's just a work day. Oh, for fuck's sake. I know it's a, just a work day, but still. Well, I mean, things, I I'm going to have birthday things going on. Yeah, but I've got but not... to go to a meeting on my birthday next week, but I am certainly not organizing things on my birthday. Well, because I couldn't. There was just because 
they, you know, the the others in the group wanted to have a meeting, and um, I didn't. If it were my, if it were my, just between you and me and everyone else listening, I wouldn't have a meeting at all. But um, uh, uh, that's what Simon thinks Trello is for. <laughs> that, that is true. The idea of Trello is to not have meetings. Whereas for me, the idea of Trello is to generate text messages to tell me to look at it. So, um, uh, you do know that you and Josh both now are my Trello monitors. I get texts from both of you. Will uh, you look at Trello and make a response? uh, Yeah? Okay. I'm sorry. Can we not just uh, do everything through text? It would be so much easier. Because I can can ignore them. (laughs) I know your Pomodoro brain is getting really upset right (laughs) now. Show title. (laughs) Okay. As I was saying, we have this other project, um, which is an academic journal. And you have made a comment on several occasions about the need for people to write journal article titles that refer to what the journal article is going to be about. And I realize that's not something I have ever done but since having that conversation with you, I have started to be much more descriptive <laughs> in my titles. But do you know why? I mean, I've told you why I've said that. Yeah, absolutely. That. No, and it makes perfect sense. Because, yeah. I mean, I have, I have gone through entire catalogues of, yeah. of journals and looked at the titles and gone, no, no idea what it's about. No idea what yeah. it's about. And yeah. why would they expect me to read that? Yeah. And, and then I, I read and... the abstract and I still have no idea what it's about. Yeah. Seriously, and you want me to read mo- this? Yeah, no, I do me a favour here. The moment that you told me that, I went, oh, yeah, I might want to make something playful and elegant in language, but I can actually do that in the main body of the text. I might need to just tell people what it's about. (laughs) Really? I can't believe. Uh, Does that mean I've um, influenced you in some way? (laughs) Yep. You are an influencer. Hashtag (laughs) Skellis. Rollback Instagram. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, she's got now on you. She's not changed how I write academic articles for journals. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be awesome, though? No, I don't think it would be. I don't know enough about her oeuvre to be able to comment on whether or not she'd be a good influencer for my uh, academic career. But I can say... <laughs> <laughs> That's not a sentence I thought I'd ever hear. <laughs> Oh, my God, we shouldn't record on a Friday night, should we? I mean, yes, we should. Um, Yeah, for sure. I I think that conversation about taste is, yeah, I think it is central to the idea of... of... A connection or or intuition or gut gut feeling. Yeah, and and those are the things that inform... um, This is a, this is a, it's a little bit of a tangent from, um, it came, it, it, this came into my head when you were reading David White to me about friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Poor David. No, 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 not in a, not in a critical way at all. It's just, um, a friend, a friend of mine sent me, um, an Instagram direct message earlier today. She sent me a clip of an interview from um, a, an 
like one of those UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship kind of mixed martial arts cage fighty kind of things. Oh, I know. It's about the um, about the the guy who'd suicide. Who'd um, yeah. isn't that right? Who suicide? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. it so was this, incredible, this, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was about men. Just it was about talking, wasn't Ma- it? Yeah, exactly. And and something about the way David White articulates the idealized version of friendship, and the way that fighter articulated mm. the real space of friendship, which is so can be so full of joy, but also can be riven with tragedy. Uh, th- those two things just sort of um sort of um sparked against one another probably because they were happening on the same day but i don't think it's i i disagree that one's real and one's not or one's authentic and one's not authentic it's just that one's edited and one's not edited and those are and that doesn't make one an edited one worse or better necessarily does it no, but I don't think that I'm. I, I don't think that I'm suggesting that real equals better or authentic equals better. I think. Hmm, what do I think? Maybe that is indeed what I've just suggested, and I'm, I'm not sure that I believe that. I, I think I, I. I just think that they just were both occupying space in my head, and they were both talking about friendships. Mm-hmm. But one is an idealized version of friendship, and that doesn't make it. It edited, yeah, for sure. Uh, constructed, crafted. It doesn't make it not real, but perhaps there is an element for me of being able to. How how do you find yourself in a trusting space with people? <laughs> And by space, I mean emotional rather than physical. God, it's just time. I mean, I do think I'm like you in the uh, like you said. I I I tend to start with trust, you know. And certainly, I know people who tend to not trust and then to wait. You know that their kind of way into being in relation is to assume mistrust or distrust Hmm. um you know for good reasons or not good reasons doesn't matter um but so i yeah i tend to assume trust that this uh that i you know glass half full and i think there's something about there's something very simple and it happens here it's happening here in these conversations which is how is it how is it that I get the sense that someone's um, listening and participating in an exchange or in a conversation, which is curious about me, as I would be curious about them. And, you know, and I know there's something about, just to circle back to the David White versus uh, whatever conversation, and this, you know, about the choice of show titles, but also it reminds me of um, all the way back to um, to Ted Lasso and you being this thing about, you know, be curious, not judgmental, which was uh, Lasso quoting Walt Whitman, correctly or incorrectly. Um, there's something about the tightness and playfulness of that, but also the directness of it, 
that I think is incredibly, is just fundamental to, for me, the development of trust. By the way, that portable B-Day thing, fantastic. <gasps> Isn't it the best thing in the world? Has your ass <laughs> ever been cleaner? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, mate. It's basically sort of quasi enema itch ish every morning. <laughs> enema itch. <laughs> enema ish. You could squeeze less hard, just to say. But I quite like that, t- <laughs> that tickly feeling. <laughs> oh. Hey, I've got to go. I've got to go make yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Oh, is it just the, is that the record scratch? From, it's because she went straight from enemas to you've got to make yogurt. It feels like, I hope the two are totally not Unrelated fact. Unrelated fact. Um, okay, sweetheart. Um, I'll talk to you uh, I'll talk to you next week. You got enough there? Uh, yeah, let me see. How, how long have we been talking? Yeah, loads. Yeah. Hey, um, have a beautiful, have a beautiful weekend and, um, lovely to chat and, uh, listeners, thanks for keeping on listening. And, uh, it's such a, it's such a, it's such an overprivilege to get the opportunity to, to talk for you. We, we really hope that you'll be whelmed by oh, this utterly, Totally whelmed by it. <laughs> See ya. Bye.